Hi there. It has been quite a long day, and I apologize for the delay in this one coming out, but it seems I do that a lot, so I'm not apologizing. I will get these up as soon as I possibly can. My excuse or my distraction today was a complete lack of signal. I could not even log into Facebook. I couldn't send texts to friends or emails to clients. I was in a complete dead silence uh, in the area in and around Shamrock, Texas. Oh, what an adventure since the last time I spoke. Uh, bear with me. <coughs> the story is a little bit involved. Uh, I believe I left off in, oh gosh, I went from Birmingham, Alabama to Memphis, and I went from Memphis to Oklahoma City, is that correct? I think that's right. I believe I left off in Oklahoma City. So after recording the podcast um, in Oklahoma City, I got a little tiny bit of breakfast and a little bit of caffeine and got in the truck and got going. I was just overwhelmed with sleepiness. Um unfortunately. So I, uh, I, I pulled over to a, um, my, sorry, my brain's going to be totally fuzzy now, now that I decided to record. I want to get this out. Uh, so you guys will have it in the morning. Those of you who, who listen to me in the morning. Um, uh, one of the big complexes, Love's Plaza, that's what it was. It was Love's Plaza. Um, kind of pulled off onto the side over where, you know, trucks park and things. And, uh, took a nap, ended up taking like a two-hour power nap, and it was uh, great and refreshing, and everything was awesome. And it turns out I needed it for the rest of the day. So I, uh, I headed on out of Oklahoma City and enjoyed the beautiful countryside. Oklahoma's uh, over towards that end is, is kind of flat, but the, the sky was huge, and it was a, a really beautiful iridescent blue, and, and I was just having great thoughts, and, and um, traffic was light, so all went really well. Uh, crossed over into Texas in the little, the little top hat section uh, of Texas and uh, continued on I-40 and noticed, um, because I was so intent on thinking of other things and watching traffic and, and watching uh, the first of the, of the windmill farms that I started seeing, um, the gas had, had gotten dangerously low, um, this wonderful beast burns uh, a lot of gas, and uh, especially towing the car and all the worldly possessions of the Hannibal in its back. Um, so I, I do have to keep my eye on it once it gets past like halfway down, because the last bit goes kind of quick. And we were into some hilly country and some other things, so I did a quick gunning on. Oh, goodness, Sorry. It is, um, it is currently midnight my time, which I think is still central. Anywho, um, I forgot to give the date and all that stuff, didn't I? I think I did. This is episode 23. I think it's episode 23. I am fairly certain it is coming up on, well, it's, it's Friday, but it's late Friday. It's coming up on midnight. And I am uh, currently somewhere in New Mexico. I am at a, in a Walmart parking lot in Random City, New Mexico. Apologies, I should have done that at the beginning. 
Um, I have no way of editing at this time. By the way, rambling, sorry. By the way, do you like the the casual nature of, of the podcasts like this? They're a little more, you know, I, there's no script on these. I haven't even outlined like I usually do when I do the usual thing with the music bumpers and the jokes and everything else. Um, I have a set of notes that I go by and I make sure that I don't start go off on too many tangents. But um, this has been kind of fun doing them from the cab of a truck parked in random places. Okay, back to the story. Uh, noticed that gas was low, so I did a quick GPS search for local gas stations. Um, the closest one was like two miles away, and I thought, okay, as long as it's not uphill, <laughs> I should be fine. And it, so, of course, it's up on top of a uh, of a fairly steep hill. Um, I, I got up there without problem. I didn't run out of gas. Uh, well, you know, good me. And... Uh, but it was a it, it struggled going up the grade, and uh, at the top was uh, I, I'm going to get this wrong, but I, uh, Alan Alan Deer, Texas. I will uh, I will look it up and correct it later if if I think about it. But Alan Deer, Texas, seems to be just a very small town. There was a motel at the top of the hill. There was a Conoco with uh, with two pumps, two gas pumps um, up there. And like a little general store, a kind of a, um, a touristy kind of a store uh, that had an old-fashioned public jail outside and the sheriff's office and the post office and everything else tucked inside. And So I got out and I, I filled the tank and I kind of perused the store a little bit. And um, it was fun, you know, in a, in a, in a very neat, rustic uh, mountain shop, um, very similar to the ones that I love in uh, Boone in North Carolina. Um, so you get the idea of what I'm talking about. Uh, the only thing they didn't have was a cheer wine display because we're, I think I'm too far west. Um, so I finished up and I went outside and um, secured the gas tank and checked all the straps on the car and and looked at the tire pressure and all the things you're supposed to do, you know. And I got back in, and the truck would not start. It would click, but it would not start. And I tried, and I tried, and it's, nothing was going to happen. Um, I checked the cables and the batteries. I tapped the starter. did all the things that you're supposed to do. I got back in, and still nothing. So, lucky me, or, or foresight me, I had purchased the uh, the roadside assistance package from Budget, uh, whom I rented the truck from. Um, as an aside, and you know, this is this is just a bit of frustration that's going to lead to a lot more. If well, well, let's say this: given the amount of money that I spent to rent this truck and the security deposit that I put in on it. And the extra insurance that I got because I am traveling all the way across the country and accidents do happen. They are called accidents. They are not so much on purposes. And just thinking of the amount of stuff that I'm carrying and my initial unfamiliarity with driving uh, something of this size while pulling a car, I thought the extra insurance would be a good idea. And then they had the roadside assistance thing. But given the amount of money that I spent on it, it would seem to me, and in their own best interests of taking care of their own property, roadside assistance ought to be built into the price somehow. That's just my take. Budget really should 
And I can only speak about it from, you know, my point of view of budget because they're the people that I rent from. Um, but roadside assistance, I would think, for your customers, for your, you know, for your own property, it should be included in the price. You should come running. So, nothing I tried with the engine worked. Uh, still would not start and still would not start and was giving me dirty looks when I tried to start it. So, I called the roadside assistance people and they asked me a lot of... I'm tired, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. They asked me a lot of really stupid questions. I need... I mean, I have a truck that won't start. They have the truck number. They have my contract in front of them, which has all the information of all the questions that they're asking me. Um, once I identified who I was and once I identified the truck number, everything else was tied together. So what kind of, are you, are you dragging the car or do you have it on a trailer? Well, I have it on a trailer. Um, what is the license plate number of the car you are, you're traveling with? Um, what year, make and model, you know, all, just inane questions about the car that I'm towing, which I don't. Maybe I'm not mechanically inclined enough, but I don't think that has anything to do with a starter. Silly me. Um, so they got all that information, um, and they offered me, uh, they said, they, we're going to check and see you know, who's, who's available, who's nearby. We'll send somebody out to you. And they looked and texted me back, and, and I got a message that said they will be about an hour away. So, okay. Uh, you know, it's... it's uh, it's an inconvenience and it's a hassle and it's frustrating, but it is what it is. And stuff like, you know, stuff like this happens with complicated machinery and I'm not going to have to pay for it because I've kind of already paid for it. So I'm just going to relax and everything will be okay. About this time, the manager of the Conoco, who was a very nice lady, excuse me, ah. <clears throat> can't lie while podcasting. She was a very nice lady. Very nice Texas lady uh, who I'd had a, a little bit of a conversation with while I was in the general store. She came up and tapped on the window of the truck and said, if you're going to rest, you need to pull up over there where you're not at my pumps. I only have the one. And I said, yeah, I know that you only have the one. Luckily, the other side is open because the truck won't start. And she was like instantly mad. What do you mean the truck won't start? Uh, I mean, I have tried it, and I have used the starter, and it is not um, it is not starting. I've looked under the under the hood and everything else. I, I cannot get it started. She says, well, you need to call somebody. And yes, ma'am. I, uh, I I called someone. I called Budget. Uh, I have the roadside assistance. They have somebody coming. How long are they going to be? I said, they, they told me it's going to be about an hour before they can get here. Well, who did they call? And I looked on the, on the thing, and I told her the name of the... Uh, the towing company that was on its way, and she, well, that's, there's a there's a, another towing company that's only five minutes away. They should have called them instead. I, I, yeah, I don't have any control over that. Um, I don't know the area, and I just kind of have to rely on who they recommend or who they, who they call. And she says, well, it needs to be moved. I only have the one pump. I said, ma'am, honestly, if I could, I, I would move it, but I, I don't have any option. I, I just can't. And she says, well, can you get out and push it? And she says, can you get out and push it? I would like to remind the listener that I am driving a 16-foot U-Haul truck that is currently packed with all of my belongings 
It's about half full because I don't have a lot of belongings. But it's a 16-foot truck with furniture and a trailer pulling uh, a Ford Focus. And I thought maybe she's joking. And I looked at her, and she was not joking. She was she was serious. You need to move this truck, ma'am. I'm just I can't. There's nothing I can do. I can't. Uh, I cannot budget alone. See, there's a, there's a pun there because it was a budget truck, right? Remember? Anyway, I cannot budget alone. Um, but the the tow guy or the the mechanic guy is on his way, and I think everything's gonna be fine. I think everything's gonna be okay. So she kind of she kind of gave me a, a stomp off. She kind of stomped back into her store just just to let me know she was angry. I, I suppose. Um, so she goes in, and I'm I'm kind of sitting there, and I'm checking emails and and uh, doing what I can there on the top of the little Misa and looking at the the way they painted it and the way they had painted the the motel next door, and it was full of uh, Warner Brothers characters, lots of Bugs Bunny and Yosemite Sam and. Uh, then they had a sheriff who you, you could do like selfies with, I suppose. Um, anyway, just some interesting, some interesting stuff, as well as an old-fashioned jail cell and et cetera. Yeah, it, I, I enjoy little rustic, antique stores like that. So, not more than two or three minutes after she walks back into the Conoco station, a gentleman cowboy comes out, and when I say he was a gentleman cowboy, that's exactly what I mean. White, white, white hair. Um, I tracked him in his early 80s. If he is younger than 82, then I am much need of practice. So I, I pegged him in his early 80s. He is wearing a leather, uh, kind of a buckskin jacket. He has on his, excuse me, his ringing cowboy boots and a very old-fashioned weathered uh, straw cowboy hat. Uh, when he started to talk, I noticed the, that he had um, gold teeth, and they weren't like like all gold teeth, like they were like solid gold teeth. He had those, uh, like, um, you know, for want of a better word, I'm going to call them rims, because it was like a, a gold thread, like a thick gold thread running around each one of his teeth from the front all the way back that I could see. Not an actual full gold gold tooth, but like uh, like they had lined it. <laughs> they had lined his teeth in gold. Uh, so anyway, he comes out and he's fit to be tied, man. He is really, he's very upset with me. And I am a vile, disgusting creature that has gotten in his way somehow. But he comes out and he knocks on the window. And when I roll the window down, he demands that I move this truck immediately because it is in the space of the woman who runs the business and she only has the one pump and are you listening? And I am listening, but I am trying also really hard not to sarcastically retort, which is my nature because I've already told her I can't move it, but I do have somebody on the way. So I, I repeated that to him very calmly and he invited me to step out of the truck and I I'm going, that would be a mistake. So I stepped out of the truck. And I was, I kept my hands where they could see them. Like I, you know, I was being very calm about the whole thing. And, uh, and he, he's right up in my face. And, and, and she had been earlier. She yelled some obscenities at me that I, I can't even tell you because some of them I didn't understand. But anyway, uh, she, she shouted at, shouted me down. And then he started raising his voice and, and getting it. And I just, I kind of cut him off. I put, uh, 
put my my palm up and out in a in a in a you know stop kind of emotion, and I said, I know the story. I was there. There's nothing I can do. I cannot move this truck. And he says, Well, I'm going to get a piece of rope out of my truck, and we will tie it around the the uh, the bumper, not the bumper, the 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 ball, the um, the tow ball, the tow hook, the towing hook. Uh, we'll tie it around that, and we'll tie the front end around your bumper, and I will drag your uh, drag your truck over to that. And I'm going, no, no, you won't. That that won't happen because I'm responsible for this, and I can I can honestly see you just ripping the the front bumper off of this of this uh, of this truck of this budget truck. So no, we won't be tying a rope around it. And he he walked over to me and he and he looked up at me and he put up fists. Dude, literally balled up his fists and got into a stance, like. I will fight you for the right of what to do. I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't get it. I just don't get what he was after. And 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 I, I promise you, I did not laugh out loud. And he, who knows, maybe he would have kicked my ass. But I was several times larger than him, and and a few decades younger. And I didn't see it going well and pretty. But I, I certainly didn't see it going the way he thought it was about to go down. So he put up fists, and just about the time he's he's getting ready to step in, or, or he's he's kind of fuming at me, and I've got my hands up, not you know not, not stretched up, but my my hands up at about shoulder level and palm out, and my fingers widespread to show I'm not holding anything. And um, the tow guy just at that moment pulls up, and he kind of halfway drops his fists down. And, and the woman, who I'm going to assume was a wife or a girlfriend, came out and started screaming at him to stop being a fool and to get back into the store. And he did at least one of those two things. He may have done both, but I don't have that knowledge. Anyway, so he goes inside. Tow truck guy comes up, puts up a diagnostic on the, on the, on the engine, and then starts messing around with the battery and starts messing around with the starter. Uh, he tried jumping it off and it just wouldn't jump off. So he's like, yep, starter tapped it the same way I did. Tried a few times to, uh, to, to crank it. And it was just nothing, nothing was going to happen. So he, uh, he radios in and he calls for a bigger tow truck. Now I, there, I think I got a good enough picture. It'll be the, the picture that was, uh, uh, that that was on the cover of this particular podcast. I'll try to make that the profile picture for this particular podcast. But he, uh, new guy came after a little bit of a wait. And here's where it gets interesting. <laughs> like it wasn't already. Um, first guy from the towing company, whose name I think is Ed. We're going to call him Ed for this experiment. Ed said, I need to call budget and get approval for towing this van. So he puts in a call and he's put immediately on hold before he can even say what he's going to do. You know, it's a, it's a press one for this and a press two for this. So he pressed two and literally sat on hold with budget with the, with the roadside assistance people for a little over an hour and 20 minutes. 
and they played that horrible music and they were on a loop as far as welcome to et cetera, et cetera. So, so, um, lost my place. I totally lost my place. I'm very tired. I do apologize. It's a grand story nonetheless. Um, at any rate, um, second tow truck guy pulls up and, uh, other dude, that's where I was at. I was with the, uh, budget. So he's still on hold. Guy number one. Guy number two comes up and he's a very friendly gentleman. And honestly, in my life, I have been wondering where people like my grandfather and his peer group went. Well, next generation or two down, they are still alive and kicking. Because these two guys were, they, they were cut out of the same book that my grandfather was, the same style of hat that they wore to the way they talked to each other to the, the way they got about doing their jobs, you know. Um, and I was just very impressed with that. And then we, we chatted for a while while dude is still on hold. So eventually they, uh, they hook up the U-Haul, which is also pulling the car, which is what, like I said, I'm going to get that picture up so you guys can see what it looks like. Cause to me, it's hilarious. And, uh, it starts raining and it's cold and it's raining. And, uh, guys like, well, you ride back with me. And, um, and hopefully by the time we get back, budget will have talked to Ed. We get back, it's about a 30, 35 minute drive without the traffic, because there was no traffic on the way back, back to their lot. And they, uh, they took the car over and they, they took the truck over and they, uh, unhitched it and set it in a place to be worked on. Now, I want to remember, I want to remind you that everything that I currently own is in the back of this truck and it got hitched up to a towing vehicle and was vertically lifted quite a few degrees and I could hear things shifting in the back and I'm still a little nervous about opening it up and taking a look because there was definitely some stuff going on back there. Anyway, we get to the tow lot. Dude has still not been able to get in touch with budget. He called from one phone uh, acting as a vendor, which he is, and he called from another phone acting a customer, which I am, and and there was nothing. I mean, was, nobody was picking up the phone. Nobody was getting you know anything in charge, which was becoming more and more frustrating. So they look at the starter, and the words that they used were like criminally negligent uh, at how bad this starter looked and how any company could rent uh, a truck, especially for a journey like this one across the country with a starter that looked like that was quite beyond uh, their comprehension. And they looked at the trailer that I got, which is kind of a beat up trailer. Everything was kind of secondhand and I didn't, you know, I, I'm not, I, I rent, but I don't rent a lot of moving trucks. And so I just thought it was as is and then off I went, you know. But uh, the starter was was obviously. I, mean, I don't know anything about mechanics, but when they showed me the thing, it was obviously in uh, in a danger. Well, at about the two hour mark, I got an answer from Budget. I got find somebody finally picked up the phone. Uh, as an aside, Budget has yet to email me anything about the experience of the customer service, or the experience of the the roadside assistance, or anything. 
anything regarding the uh, the, twi- the two times I've had to call them already, especially the fiasco that happened yesterday. So she finally comes on. I finally get someone on there, and, and she says, okay, what's going on? I said, well, we've been towed back to the yard, and she flipped out. Wait, wait, wait. They didn't have authorization to, to tow. They, they weren't supposed to do that. They're supposed to call us and get authorization before they make any kind of thing like that. And I'm going, well, yeah, they tried. They, they were on hold for quite a long time. I've been on hold for close to two hours with nobody picking up. And she said, yes, it's very crazy. Um, she said, well, that's, that's unfortunate. That might affect you. And I said, I don't believe it's going to affect me in any way. I think we'll get the truck back up and running and I will get back on the road. That's my, that's my intention. And she said, well, they didn't have any permission to, to tow the truck yet. And I'm like, well, you know, the manager of the Conoco and, and the cowboy dude were out there demanding, after, the, after we had moved it away from the pumps even, demanding that we move it off the property, that, that it was hurting business and nobody was coming up the hill. And I took that with a huge grain of salt because the entire time I was there, I didn't see another car come up for gas, even though they were insistent that I had to move away from the pump, but I'm getting off topic. They insisted that we move. So we moved. We moved the the, the moving van and the car behind it. We moved it to their lot, which was about 35, 40 minutes away, as I said. Pardon me for rambling. I do that. You love me. You listen to me. You know I ramble sometimes. So... She says, well, what did they determine was wrong? And I told her it was the starter. And and here's and, and, and he had called, um, dude number two, as he was driving over, called um, the local parts store to get a new starter. And come to find out that local parts store had already closed for Friday, and they don't open on Saturday and Sunday. And, oh, by the way, it's President's, uh, President's Day on Monday, so they were not going to be returning to their store until Tuesday. This was Friday evening. And I was stuck in Shamrock, Texas. Which, by the way, does not have the greatest of Wi-Fi coverage. Neither does it have good signal for Verizon. Anyway, I'm digressing again. So now I'm on the verge of an internal panic. What's going to happen? The anxiety level's really high, you know. So he uh, he informed me that he'd made some calls around. He found a different store that was open uh, on Saturdays. He was going to drive himself, which is an over an hour in each direction, Saturday morning, drive to the parts store, pick up the part, come back, and replace it. And he said, I will try my best to have you back on the road by noon. Okay, awesome. Budget lady hears this and says, I can't authorize that. I don't know the price of the part. If he's not going to one of the regular vendors, I can't authorize it. I'll have to get a supervisor. I don't know what to do. And I can hear the panic in her voice. So she finds a supervisor. And supervisor basically says, no, it shouldn't cost more than like 100 125 Go ahead and get the part. Get it installed. Get get moving on the road. Do, you know, get to whatever you have to do. You know, very calm, very level-headed fellow. I got nobody's names in the midst of all of this, so forgive me for that. Uh... They are, they are, she is panicking. Uh, the other guys are just like, you know what, if you want, we'll take your car off the back for you. Um, 
there's a hotel down the road you can stay in. And I'm going, well, due to the money problem, I didn't say this out loud to them because really, you know, it's too much to get into. But due to all the shenanigans with the bank right now, I don't have a viable working credit card. I can't get a hotel room because even if I had, I mean, I have the money kind of in PayPal that's been, you know, earmarked for gas, but I can't get to it because I can't transfer over to the now, it's it's like somewhere in the vicinity of $1,200 overdrawn Wells Fargo, who also, by the way, side note, have not sent, also have not sent me an email or a response to the calls that I made to them over the course of Thursday and Friday. And I, I don't expect to hear from them again until Tuesday. He says, um, moving on. Uh, so I spent the night in the car. Uh, I found a nice quiet parking lot. I spent the, a fitful night stretched out in the cold in my car. The van, by the way, is working in the, in the moving van is much warmer to sleep in. And, uh, yeah, the car doesn't quite fit me as well. So I come back and there's still an argument with budget and there's still this and there's still that and there's still the other and, and it, this goes on and dude gets the part installed and, and puts my car back up on the trailer and uh, off I go. Several hours later, I'm sorry, I'm losing track of time. I'm very tired right now. Um, uh, several hours later, I find myself through Texas. Uh, Texas was beautiful. Um, I was fascinated by the windmill farms that I went through. That that seemed amazing. There were a couple of people who all had the same joke, and they put a windmill on an oil derrick, and that was funny the first dozen times or so. And um, just basically didn't stop till I got out of Texas. It just felt like I needed to be out of Texas. So currently, I am in a random parking lot of a random Walmart somewhere in New Mexico. Uh, my goal tomorrow after sleeping as late as I can, because I'm quite exhausted and tired and brain frizzled, is to make my way to Arizona, uh, make my way to Phoenix, um, which should be a nice casual drive. And from Phoenix on to Los Angeles to conclude this wonderful trip. Don't let my, uh, tiredness and my, uh, maybe the tone of my voice tell you any different, but, uh, it's an adventure, and I'm having fun with it. And yeah, there's tough things, and there's there's cowboys who want to fight me. Um, did I mention he got into a fighting stance? He put his fists up? Yeah, I probably said that. I have old cowboys that want to fight me, and, and truck rental places that don't want to honor their roadside assistance thing. And, and I, I even asked them, I said, since this is not my fault, and since I have the truck that has the bad part in it, it's not an accident, it just had a bad part would budget put me up for a hotel? And they were like, well, that's a customer service problem. We're roadside assistants. You'll have to talk to customer service. But, oh, they're closed. When I called over, there was no response. So that's the long and short of it. Um, budget people, if you're listening, you need better game, guys. You need much better game, a little better care of, uh, of your customers. Just a little insight from one of your long-term loyal customers. So, random parking lot, random Walmart, random New Mexico. I'm going to get myself some rest and hit the road anew in the morning. I will see the wonderful city of Albuquerque as I breeze through and uh, heading for Phoenix. That's the catch-up.
I apologize for the delay, but as you can see, it was quite a day. Hey, friends, family, I love you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for listening. And as always, I do hope that there is love where you are.